Again. Again. Let's <laughs> all. Let's all sing another song. Let's stretch these summer nights out extra long. Let's set fire to a building we don't like. And watch the glow, enjoy the orange light. Cause we all are gonna die someday alone. Cause we all are gonna die someday alone. And we're live. Uh, howdy, folks. How's it going? Welcome to the Garrett Schalke podcast. I'm your host, your boy, Garrett Schalke. And uh, we got a very special episode today because uh, we're having one of my favorite people from northern Michigan on the podcast to uh, have a little chat about biking. And, uh, well, actually, it's not a reason why this podcast is uh, particularly special. It's because uh, I'm using two different mics now. Because uh, when I was setting up for this interview, one of them uh, took a shit on me. <laughs> so I had to get out the two new ones that I bought a while back. And uh, thankful to see that they appear to be working just fine. So uh, so last episode, we had on uh, Tala Rosa, owner of the Anatomy of Death Museum. As I said there, that episode was kind of a prelude to spooky season, a.k.a. Halloween. Well, if that was a prelude to that, we are now in fall, and uh, I guess this would be a good opening podcast for the new season. Because, you know, the days are getting shorter, the leaves are turning brown, and it's cooler now. You know, enjoy it while you can. <laughs> enjoy it while you can, folks. Uh, it's the coolest fall yet. If I'm remembering that meme right. But anyway, uh, anyway, one of the things that you do during the fall, or that you would probably prefer to do over, as opposed to the oppressive heat of summer, biking. And uh, our guest today knows a hell of a lot about it. Specifically, he has written a guide called Biking Northern Michigan, as well as, what, wow, I already screwed up there. I apologize. As well as a novel titled Bicycle Hobo, and just numerous other books, including travel, uh, fiction, and uh, my introduction to his work, a great old book called Plant Backpacker. Uh, folks, let's ro- let's welcome Robert Downs. Hey, good to be here, Garrett. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you for uh, taking time to talk to me, Robert. How's it going, mm-hmm. dude? Beautiful day up here in northern Michigan in our Cherry Capital Cycle Club, which I'm part of. We just had 500 bicyclists here riding around Leelanau County uh, yesterday. Super uh, fun day and uh, was uh, raised a lot of money for bike infrastructure and trails here in the region. Very nice. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, leaves are changing color up there right now? Yeah, a little bit. We're uh, starting to see some, uh, especially at the, up on the hilltops, you see a little rust and, and uh, and ruby color up there and should be a real good fall for fall colors and got plenty of bike trails up here if anyone wants to come up and ride um 
uh, the Leelanau Trail, the Betsy Valley Trail, the Wheelway up by Petoskey, all kinds of good stuff up this way. Yeah, I gotta try to make it up there one more mm-hmm. time before uh, winter hits to uh, to hike, specifically yes. uh, specifically behind the Traverse City Commons. It's one of my favorites. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good one, and that's a big mountain bike trail network up that way now too. Yeah, I did uh, actually. Yeah, I did uh, accidentally walk on that part of the trail before, mm-hmm. until I realized where I was. Like, ah, oh, shoot. Okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. You don't want to get run over out there. Huh. Well, plus it was a uh, pretty steep too. I was like, hmm. I don't think this is made for walking. <laughs> Yeah. All right. Plenty of trails up here, too, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, very much. I love Traverse City. It's my uh, fair place to visit up north. I uh, lived there for a school year back in the early 2000s. No, mid-2000s, my bad. And uh, since then, I uh, I don't know. I would say it depends on the season, especially summer. I usually get up there to visit for, like, every two, three months or so. Okie doke. Yeah, it's between that and, like, Chicago are, like, my two favorite places to make day trips to. Yeah, we all got to get our, uh, when we when we live up here, we need to get our urban dose once in a while, so I like to go to Chicago also. That's a good good destination. Oh, yeah, it's a, it's a good contrast between, you know, the big city and, you know, someplace a little more rural and small. Yes. You know, technically, yeah. Traverse City, I think, is the biggest city in northern Michigan. Uh, yeah. So far, uh, and getting bigger every day, we've just got all kinds of people building condos here, and um, it's actually getting to be a little bit much. As some people call it traffic city now because there's just too much traffic here in town. Ooh, that... We've got a lot of road construction going on here right now. But uh, fortunately, we have a really good bike infrastructure with what's uh, called the TART trail system here in town. And, um, you know, within a couple blocks of my house, I can, I can get on any bike trail and go anywhere here in the region. So, um, that's, that's, uh, that's good news. You know, you can get all over the place here. Yeah, that's the good. You know, I've, I've got in my bike book, um, that you mentioned biking Northern Michigan, I've got, you know, information you could ride from Grand Rapids all the way to the Mackinac bridge with the trails and the, um, and the quiet road routes are listed in that book. So, including the, there's, you, you know, the White Pine Trail from Grand Rapids to Cadillac. Yep, I've heard I'm of it. Sure, and that's a good one. But I've also got a way to get that tricky, um, tricky area from uh, Cadillac to Traverse City safely. So, All right. you know, if you're really into biking, uh, you can go just about anywhere you want up this way. Yeah, and uh, we will get into that. But uh, mm-hmm. first, let's do some uh, origin stuff for you, uh, Robert. Okay. Specifically, uh, when did you first learn to ride a bike? Oh, my goodness. When I was about six years old, living on Hermitage Street in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Oh, yeah. You were born here, weren't you? <laughs> uh, yeah, St. Mary's uh, Freebed Hospital uh, back then. I, I don't know if it's still there, but um, I think it is. Yep. Mary Freebed's still here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, spent a couple years on my uh, grandpa, grandpa's farm out in Rockford, so I've got some roots there, too. And uh, then we moved to Grand Rapids and um, so on and so forth. But, uh, yeah, I got my first bike when I was about six years old and 
it was way, way too big for me. <laughs> but but uh, my parents expected me to grow into it. Uh, what type of bike was it? Oh, uh, you know, it's just a regular old single speed. Uh, I have no idea what it was now. You know, I don't think even Huffies were around back then. You know, it's. I think it was a Brand X type bike. You know, whatever, whatever right. cheap bike my parents could afford. All right, and uh, when you were growing up, what was the environment like for bike for bicyclists? Like, how well, were they generally a, that's treated? That's an interesting question because. Um, when I was in college, I lived in uh, downtown Detroit, and I'd ride um, 14 miles north of town to work at a, you know, work at a factory. So I had to kind of pay my way through school. And you'd ride a bicycle down Woodward Avenue, dodging buses and all that, and no helmet, of course. You know, no one thought twice about that. So gotta keep it uh, real. And that was like an old 10-speed uh, kind of Schwinn type bike, and. Uh, you know, uh, we're a little more sensible these days with the safety and all that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't think about riding, you know, through uh, through downtown Detroit out to the suburbs on on Woodward Avenue these days. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, one of the things I've learned through being Facebook friends with you is obviously your love of long distance bike travel. Yes. Uh, what uh, made you decide to travel farther than say? around your neighborhood or to and from school? Well, uh, initially I got divorced um, in 1987 and I was going to hike the Inca Trail and then I found out how expensive it was to go down there. So instead I decided to do a bike trip around British Columbia and Vancouver Island. So I had an old mountain bike and um, that was my introduction to bike touring. Uh, got married to a very sweet and wonderful woman uh, many years later and um, uh, kind of fulfilled a, a, a long-term goal of biking or backpacking around the world. So uh, that next trip, I took that same bike and biked um, up the coast of Ireland, across England, and down the Danube. And, um, you know, it continued on from there from various bike bike tours i've done about ten thousand miles in in bicycle tours uh, in this country in europe yeah Mm -hmm. oh man yeah yeah like i said uh my first introduction to you was planet backpacker so i know Mm -hmm. too so one of the things i really do like about you is the fact that you are a traveler yeah um i've been to more than 70 countries been around the world twice uh, we did a follow-up book, my wife and I, uh, called I Promised You Adventure, and that was, we, we did seven months around the world, just kind of took backpacks and lived out of backpacks and, you know, stayed at um, grungy places in India and Indonesia and Turkey and places like that. So, um, and I like I like traveling on a bicycle, though, because it's a very cheap way to travel. For one thing, it's very economical, you know, especially if you're camping. And uh, it's a way to get um, uh, deep into the, the countryside and, and uh, you know, get the ethos of the place you, you're, you're um, going through. Like I remember biking in, in Ireland, for instance, and I felt sorry for the people going by in the tour bus because they, they weren't smelling the heather and, 
the sheep and you know the sea breeze and and all that they were you know they're locked in a rolling tin can while i was <laughs> out right in in the environment enjoying soaking up the vibes of ireland you know oh man i i really want to get into this because i too am a travel junkie and i love hearing travel stories but uh i, uh, I must simply ask you uh since you first started doing long distance biking travel uh, how has your habits for evolved over the years? Uh, not too much. I still go camping. Uh, like last year, well, a couple years ago, I biked across North America. I did uh, initially from Seattle to Traverse City. Took a little break and then Traverse City to the northern tip of Newfoundland. So that was 5,000 miles across North America. And, um, you know, I just do the same thing all the time. I, I try to camp as much as possible because I don't like staying in uh, motels or Airbnbs. Your, your tent gets to be like your little home away from home, and it's fun to be in. And uh, then last year, um, my wife and I did uh, biked up the Rhine and the Mosul River in Europe, about 450 miles. And then I biked... Um, a little later, I biked from Seattle to Sioux City, Iowa. So, same thing, just a lot of camping and a lot of, you know, long miles in the saddle. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. All right, to get on to that question I've been wanting to ask, and uh, God, I think you maybe mentioned how many countries, but just please bear with me and repeat it again, but... uh how, yeah. how many uh, how uh, many how many uh u.s states and foreign countries have you biked in oh boy who knows um <laughs> yeah no no idea um well probably a couple of, over a dozen um overseas I, I can't maybe 20 overseas and um i've got to be at least that many in the united states not keeping really track, you know. <laughs> okay. I'm going to put you on speakerphone here a moment. One moment. Can you, can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Okay, cool. Okay, I've had you on speaker the whole time, too. Okay, good deal. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you got you got any uh, favorite states or countries or least favorite U.S. states or foreign countries that you like to bike in? Oh, um... Well, Newfoundland was really wonderful. Newfoundland is a very beautiful uh, place, uh, very scenic, very wild, uh, very few uh, villages um, or any facilities of every any time. Kind of scary being out there in the wilderness and, and you see a lot of moose and all that. And um, at the northern tip of Newfoundland was the... Uh, uh, a, a, a park where the, the Vikings had landed. It was called Lansaw Meadows, so mm -hmm. I made it up to that. All right, and uh, well, this is something I have wondered being your Facebook friend and following your adventures. Uh, how much does it cost to get your bike overseas like that? Um, actually, uh, a bicycle is just considered your uh, part of your luggage, so I didn't really pay anything to ship it overseas. Oh they, shit! Really? Yeah. The hard part about it, if you're if you're flying it to, like, say, I have to fly to Chicago to catch a flight to uh, Amsterdam. Well, I gotta pay seventy five bucks to take it to Chicago, but then it's free to fly to overseas. Well, that, so that's a way better deal than I thought it was. 
Yeah, it gets you one way or another. The hard part is boxing it up, of course. Oh, you have to box it up. Yeah, you have to you have to box you have to tear your bike all down and, and box it up. Oh man, that's that stinks. I thought I thought they would literally just roll it right up in there. No, even if you take a bus, you have to box it up. Okay, that's to be expected because it's a bus, not a, a big air airplane. <laughs> okay. That's something I've always wondered. I was like, God, it must cost him thousands of dollars to ship him and his wife's bikes across the world like that. No. That or he's, uh, re that or he's renting bikes. Well, when you have a bike uh, bike in a box, it's it's actually broken down pretty fairly small, you know. It's um they're not they're not that big. It's just but it is jamming everything in that box and tearing the whole thing apart and reassembling it, you gotta know what you're doing. Yeah, uh, and this is a, uh, God, I don't know what the term is, a quote-unquote regular bike. It's not like one of those travel bikes you see that are small, you can, like, fold up and everything. Yeah, no, mine are, mine are, uh, regular touring bikes, which are, um, you know, they're specially built to carry panniers and, and extra gear, and, uh, uh, they're, they're rugged, really sturdy bikes uh, i have a trek 520 touring bike uh which is one of the uh classic uh, bikes for touring and then uh my wife uh when we did europe she rode a mountain bike hmm mm -hmm. very nice yeah all right well uh well okay enough of me geeking out about foreign travel here because god you know i could god that could be a whole nother podcast just talk about your adventures overseas and around the world. But, uh, yeah, that's a, you know, that, that's a theme of my, my book, Planet Backpacker, and, and um, I promise you adventure is that these are things that, these are sort of epic um, endeavors that anyone could really do, or you just got to save up the money. You know, I, I saved uh, up for four years to do our trip around, my wife, my wife and I around the world, so... You know, basically what you do is you commit to saving a certain amount uh, out of every paycheck. Mm -hmm. And that's how it worked out for me. Hell yeah. <laughs> I I know exactly what you're talking about because I do similar things with my uh, trips. Yeah. And some, sometimes it works out, sometimes it's a huge struggle. Yeah. Well, we did have one advantage in that uh, I... Uh, owned a uh, newspaper up here with my best friend and and we paid for our printing bills with a uh, credit card that garnered air miles so every year i had a hundred thousand air miles uh the, so, the paper you're referring to wouldn't happen to be the northern express is it yeah the northern express yeah we yep, sold knew it, it. Ten years ago. yeah we sold it uh 10 years ago but um it's still around Oh yeah, I know. It's uh, also my favorite free weekly paper that I always get whenever I'm up north. Yeah, cool. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of like favorite things of mine that happen to be from TC. So yeah, North Express happens to be one of them. Well, yeah, I'm I'm glad it keeps going. It's uh, it's changed through the years and been and, and had the rough times with the the newspaper business being not what it used to be, but. Uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm glad they're still in the game there, so <laughs> yeah. I'm 
moved on to writing books, though, myself. So that's um, kind of what my thing is now. Jeez. Actually, uh, when I lived in Traverse City for a school year from 2006 to 2007, I think I did, like, apply for some kind of job there, actually, since uh, I was determined to be a journalist at the time. But uh, never got, never heard anything back, which uh not very surprising, considering I was just out of high school, so... Yeah, well, we did use a lot of freelance writers, so, uh, I don't know, maybe we missed that connection somehow. Uh, it happens. That was a long time ago, no, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, let's uh, move on to uh, Biking Northern Michigan, your uh, guide to biking in Northern Michigan, which, mm-hmm. uh, which the fourth update edition is now out, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah you gotta update these guides every couple of years because uh, the bike trails and all that change and road routes change. Some get more dangerous, some get easier. You know, it has to. You have to keep on top of it. Yeah. So, uh, congrats on that, good sir. Yeah, that's, that's well. It keeps me busy. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, how did biking nor Michigan come about? Uh, well, that's uh, we sold the newspaper in 2013. And I uh, didn't know what I was going to do with myself. I was down in Costa Rica, uh, kind of thinking what to do next. And uh, I had already written some things about bicycling. So, uh, and I've written every place up here imaginable. So um, I thought, well, I'll just write a book. So uh, basically, a lot of that book was written in Costa Rica. Hmm. And I filled in a few places that I hadn't written. So, I had I had ridden everywhere in northern Michigan in the 1980s while training for a number of triathlons. So, and including a lot of long distance trails like uh, from Gaylord to Mackinac City and uh, Sheboygan to Mackinac City. Yeah. So, uh, how long I mean, how long would you say it took to uh, write and compile the book? Not that long, really. The hard part was making the maps. Because I had to create all the maps in the book. And, uh, you know, I'd already shot a lot of photos for having worked for the paper and uh, written a lot of uh, the routes. And um, so the main thing was all of those maps are hundreds or thousands of of little details that have to be made to make the maps. Yeah. um, Did you... uh have any help writing this book from any local bicycling organizations or any state of Michigan governmental bodies, anything like that? Not really. Um, (laughs) you know, other than, you know, then, then, you know, finding out that there, Oh, there was a trail from Gaylord to, (laughs) to Mackinac city, (laughs) just kind of jumped in and going and doing it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, you mentioned that that you have to update it every now and then due to changes. Like, yes. What, what are, like, the most frequent types of changes that you find each time you update it? Well, there's new bike trails. Like, like this time, uh, the bike trail around uh, Boardman Lake in Traverse City has been completed after 10 years of waffling around. So I have to have that in the, the book. That's one of our most popular trails now. There's a new trail at Burt Lake up uh, north of uh, Indian River I wanted to put in. Um, there's a new trail from Boyne City to Boyne Falls. Uh, and there's an increasing um, interest in mountain biking. Um, a lot of people 
getting out of road biking and going into mountain biking. So I had pumped up that chapter too. Mm-hmm. So there's always new stuff going on, you know, you really got to keep on top of it. Yeah. Um, do you have a preference for, uh, what you like to bike on, you know, streets, trails, or anything else in between? Uh, yeah, I definitely have got to be more like, uh, into the bike trails because, uh, you know, there's more and more traffic up here and, uh, you know, no one wants to get hit, you know? So, uh, there are plenty, fortunately there's plenty of quiet road roads too, but, um, I like to stay on the trails as much as possible now. All right. So, uh, so you have this book out, you've come out with the fourth, fourth update edition of it. Uh, uh-huh. are there, honestly, you plan on updating it again in the future, correct? Uh, well, there's, everything's got its parabola. I don't know if I'll, you know, this, this one should last a few years. Oh, so, okay. uh, you know, until they, there are some plans for new bike trails, but they're probably a few years out, you know, so yeah, um, yeah you have to see, you know? Yeah. You plan on writing a uh, sequel book to this or any other guides to trails elsewhere around yeah. North Michigan? No, I mean, no. Michigan in general. No, my thing is, uh, Writing, I'm writing a, uh, a nonfiction history right now of the um, bad faith treaties with the Indians of the Great Lakes. So that's that's consumed a couple years of my time lately. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that should come out in the spring. Of next year? Yes. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Which is also through your own press, correct? Yeah, I've got my own company called The Wandering Press that I, I publish all my books through, and I do all of the layout and all of the uh, design and the covers and, you know, have a big background in that, so it's not hard for me to do that sort of thing. And uh, so, yeah, it's um, my advice to any writer is um, whatever you can do, cut out the middleman. Do whatever you can yourself because... There's a lot of organizations that are out there trying to make money off you. And, um, again, just do it yourself as much as possible. Uh, amen, brother. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, along with your, uh, along with your, uh, travels, uh, wandering press is another reason why I very much admire your work. Mm-hmm. All right. And speaking of work, okay. We talked about the guide to, bike to biking northern michigan uh but in fact too you also wrote a novel where uh bicycling was central to it called a bicycle uh, hobo yeah that um grew out of biking across the country and uh i wanted to, i always wanted to write a thriller so that's sort of a moby dick on a bicycle <laughs> with a little, little bit of wolf creek and and uh don quixote thrown in there yeah, uh, to give a quick summary of it, uh, Bicycle Hobo is a thriller novel that was published in 2018. It's about a bicycle, bicyclist who goes on a journey to find the man who uh, killed his wife during a road rage incident. Yeah, and I just am um, having the fifth anniversary uh, issue coming out in color now, so it's got color illustrations in it. Yeah, so uh, how did this novel come about? Well, like I said, I wanted to write a thriller, and um, uh, I had, uh, you know, heard of some incidents that happened to people that sort of, um, 
I, I borrowed to put in the book and um, I don't want to give it away but because that would be a spoiler but, <laughs> uh, but uh, basically this guy decides he goes kind of a, a little bit off his rocker or a lot of bit off his rocker and gets a divine clue that um, he should uh, just go and search just spend the rest of his life as a as a wandering bicycle hobo hoping to run into this person that um, killed his wife so it's sort of like uh you know it's sort of like moby dick in in, uh in that you know captain ahab is wandering millions of miles of square miles of the sea and this guy is wandering uh, millions of miles on the highways and it's sort of uh how he uh uh encounters someone who, who who, who tells him how to find this character and what happens then. Hmm. Yeah, um, was writing this novel in any way different from writing your previous novels? Uh, this was the first, oh no, I wrote Windigo Moon first, um, and that's a historical novel of the Ojibwe Indians set 400 years ago. And so I just uh, I, I just have a kind of an interest in different things. I've written a funny novel about Traverse City called Sandy Bottom. That's a funny mystery story. I wrote uh, The Wolf and the Willow. That's a follow-up to um, Windigo Moon, again, set in the 1500s. So I, I just like to try different genres. Yeah, so, uh, well, you mentioned, you just mentioned there that, that this was in part influenced by stories you've heard from other people. But, yeah, uh, but as a bicyclist, have you dealt with road rage? Uh, well, I think everyone has, you know, close calls where you you feel like you just miss being clipped by a a motorist. You know, some of these guys uh, probably aren't paying attention. Maybe they're texting or something, don't see you, and others are probably trying to buzz you on purpose. So you know. Oh, so all right, so. Uh... Okay, well, this kind of this okay. This question kind of went kind of got answered already. So, so we already talked about another another guide, which uh, you're kind of moving on from. Uh, but do you plan on writing another novel where uh, bicycling is a central theme? No, no, I'm, I'm more interested in historical novels now. I, I might write a third series in my uh, Ojibwe saga um, because that's been very very popular. Oh, okay. So, um, okay. So I guess, okay. This one just actually popped to mind this question, but, uh, is that, is that, uh, how you write or come up with ideas? No, you have, have some that you would, uh, like to write, you eventually get to, or are there ones where like, um, you know, you go at it for a little bit, then it's like, okay, try to time to do something new. Well, all, all writing begins in your subconscious mind. You know, you you might get an idea, like I'd get a vague idea. My next novel of the Ojibwe is going to be called The Sun Dog, and it's going to be a takeoff on Beowulf. But I've been writing that in my subconscious mind for the last couple of years, and, and eventually I'll sit down and the characters will and plot will reveal themselves. And a lot of times when you're writing a novel, you don't really know what's going to happen because you think this thing's going to happen, but then a character in the novel literally comes to life in your mind and starts and starts changing the narrative. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
you know, it's like Bob Dylan talking about songwriting. He didn't know how he wrote those songs in the 60s. You know, he he had a channel from God, he thought, you know, some sort of divine power channeled through him. You know, well, I think with writing books and novels, it's it's sort of some something coming out of your subconscious mind that eventually becomes whole on the page. Actually, uh, that reminds me of a story that I read years ago from uh, Stephen King. Apparently, uh, some uh, person who was uh, unfortunately dying of a terminal disease, um, I guess, wrote to him asking, like, oh, what, how is this series going to end? I'm not going to be around to read the ending. And, uh, yeah. par- and apparently he had to write back and just tell him straight up, I'm sorry, I don't, even I don't know yet. Yeah, I'm sure that's true. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so what are your upcoming bicycle plans? Uh, any new trips? Actually, uh, yeah, I've got a, um, a trip. Um, I'm going to be riding from Cleveland to uh, Washington, D.C. this fall and then take a train to Cincinnati and ride back across Ohio from Cincinnati to uh, Cleveland. So that'll be about 800 miles. Yeah, uh, actually we're doing this uh, today because, we're doing this interview today because uh, you said that you have have uh, plans for tomorrow. Are they uh, bicycle related? Yeah, I'm, I'm leaving tomorrow and uh, I got, actually got to wrap this up pretty quick and maybe we could continue on another time because um, got a whole lot of uh, still stuff to get together here. Yeah, I understand. Uh, I got mm-hmm. two, I got two more questions on. Okay. Okay. Uh, final bicycle question. Uh, e bike mm-hmm. e bikes. Yay or nay? Oh yeah. Um, any bicycle junkie's got an e bike now. Uh, we have uh, in our bicycle club. Everyone's a hardcore bicyclist. They're all buying e bikes. I've got an e bike because I do. Um, I have to commute uh, about thirty five miles to a cottage that I have out near Lake Michigan, and it's a lot of hills out that way. So that's basically my second car now. <laughs> Sometimes better to have machines just take the wheel, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's still get a little workout, but, you know, it makes the hills a lot easier. <laughs> I imagine. Jeez. Yeah. All right. Uh, final question. Uh, let's uh, quickly talk about your upcoming book, Raw Deal, the Indians, yeah. of, the Indians of the Great Lakes and the Theft of Native Lands. Yes, that's going to be, um, it starts out with uh, what was called the Chippewa Trail of Tears or the Wisconsin Death March, in which 400 of the uh, Ojibwe people um, died as a result of uh, the government not fulfilling its promises in in, uh, Minnesota territory. And then it just kind of delves into the bad, bad, um, treaties that the government signed with the Indians of the Great Lakes and um, and how basically a lot of their lands were, were taken away on, and, and not really um, paid for. Yeah, um, what kind of uh, research did you have to do for this book? I've got a library of about 100 books on, on Native peoples and, and anthropology that I base all my writing on. So, kind of a Big wall, big wall of books that I've gone through. (laughs) 
Yeah, well, I imagine, too, that this is obviously familiar territory since uh, you've written books, nonfiction and fiction, with, mm-hmm. uh, with indigenous subjects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you're a Native American, correct? No, I'm uh, uh, Irish and uh, Scandinavian descent. And I just happen to be have a, 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 a an interest. Oh, in, really? Uh, was, uh, my um, uh, my dad was a farmer, and he uh, in the process of, of plowing the fields in Rockford, Michigan, he turned up um, you know hundreds of spear points and um, dart points and arrowheads and. So I grew up thinking there were a lot more Indians in, uh, um, in around uh, in the past than we have any idea. And as it turned out, that's true. We we know now there's maybe somewhere between 50 million and 100 million uh, Native Indigenous peoples live in North and South America when the Europeans arrived, and most of them died as a result of infectious diseases. So, all right then. Uh, mm-hmm. Well. One final question to put this put this uh, podcast to rest. Uh, okay. Bob, how has the reception been for your uh, for your books on bicycling, both the both biking Nor Michigan and bicycle hobo, and well, just uh-huh. your just your advocacy for the for bicycling. Uh, well, bicycling uh, Northern Michigan, my bestseller. I've sold I don't know. I can't. I I haven't really kept records, but at least ten thousand copies. And uh, without without trying too hard, you know, it's in bicycle shops and bookstores and online. And um, uh, so that's that's done well. I I probably should have kept better records on how many I have sold. (laughs) And then Bicycle Hobo Fiction is a harder sell. Um, Really? That's uh, it's tough to sell fiction. uh, And so that's still trying to find a home, I think. That's actually very surprising for me to hear. Pardon me? That's actually very surprising for me to hear. Because uh, yeah. I always thought it was uh, poetry and very short fiction that was hard to sell. Uh, well, I mean, I, I just don't sell very many copies of that, frankly. It's, um, the people who do read it love it, you know, but... Um, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of books out there. You know, when you when you come up with a book and 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 put in a you know if you manage to get in a bookstore well it's in there with you know a couple hundred thousand other books you know and um you know it's tough to tough to it's a dog fight trying to sell books uh, d- dude don't don't i know it <laughs> jesus yeah. christ do i know it that's a battle yeah <sighs> but- Thanks for having me on. It's been great talking to you. Maybe we can connect another time. Yeah, folks, uh, this has been Robert Downs. Uh, yeah, Bob, thanks for uh, taking time to come on, man. Good good to see you. Maybe we'll see you out biking sometime. Yeah, um, promo time. Uh, where can people contact you? Where can they find you on the Internet? You know, yeah. Where can they find uh, your books at? RobertDowns.com, and it's D-O-W-N-E-S. So, Downs with an E, robertdowns.com. All right, and uh, folks, we'll have that all in the description. Uh, literally everything everything about me is still the same you know, <laughs> on those social medias. You know, can't stop, won't stop. Uh, okay, all right. Yep, a ride of my own is still going on. Uh, I assure you it still is. I've just been busy with other stuff to put out the third episode. 
and yeah, that's it. Uh, Bob, thanks for coming on. And, uh, All right. Yeah, and folks, thank you for listening. Here is the outro song.